Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. And maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of this show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. We are happy to announce that we finally have merchandise for you to get a hold of. Go to www.buyjack.com CEP and take a look at the tees, hoodies, mugs, and koozies for Raised on the Radio and the rest of the CEP network and get you some swag. In this episode, we talk about UFC 259, censorship in movies, TV, and podcasting. Patrick tells a few band stories from doing battles, and we give our thoughts on what your mindset should be in a band as far as competitions go. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Raised on the Radios, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into the episode. Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair on a glorious Sunday morning. How are you, sir? Great. Was <laughs> you act like glorious may have been a little over exaggerated. <laughs> no, glorious is great. Glorious is good. Yeah. No hangover. There wasn't enough going on yesterday. Well, for me there was. So yesterday was a bad day. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a bad day, sports-wise for me. So you wait, hang on. You say no hangover. Does that mean you didn't drink or you just didn't drink enough? Is I it- didn't drink enough to give myself a hangover, surprisingly. Oh, okay. Well, I was just I was just wondering like if it was a bad day for sports. I'm kind of surprised. It was a bad day. Ohio State lost their fourth straight game, and uh, the UFC card was less. I, I, I call it lackluster. It was entertaining and I watched it, but I also found out something else. So I was told yesterday. So <laughs> you let me know if you've ever heard of this, okay? Okay. And and it's not a big deal. It's kind of funny, and I'd love to find out if it is true. I'd love to see what happens next, but. So on our house, we have just decorative. We have uh, two stars hanging up, one above our garage. Okay. Red stars, one above our garage and one on a, a pillar, right? So two two red stars. Okay. Have you seen this before? Have you? I mean, decorative things on the outside yeah, of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See it all the time, mm-hmm. right? People put up flags. People put up star. I guess stars. Mm-hmm. So. Yesterday, my wife comes to me and says, so here's the thing. Apparently, those stars are letting the rest of the neighborhood know that we are swingers. What? Apparently, if you put red stars on the outside of your house, it means you are part of a couple that are swingers. Have you heard of this before? Huh. No, I have not. Does it sound like bullshit? Because I'm calling bullshit. I think maybe one couple did it. I do, okay, so this is odd. For some re- there's something like in the back of my head that makes me think there's something that I've heard about that if you have it on the front of your house, it's supposed to indicate that. But I don't remember it being stars. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is. Now, let me question. Let me ask you this. Did the stars come with the house or are these stars that you put on the house? Well, they, no, they, you put them on. You hang them up. Okay. 
Right. The white line is fake. Okay. This time it's Sorry. actually TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. My bad. I was trying to Google what do stars on the outside of your house mean, but I probably should have done it before. But um, uh, no, I have not ever heard of that. I don't think. Not that I remember, at least. So here, so, well, okay, so <laughs> here's the most important question. If you Google this after the show and it says yes, do you immediately go out and take the stars down off your house? No, I want to leave them up and see what happens. That's <laughs> what I told my wife. I, 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 want, I, want, I want it to be <laughs> like some old hairy couple knocks on the door. Oh, my God. And we just open up. We're like, hi, how you doing? And they go. They just give us the, hey, here we are. Uh-huh. Like, you guys ready to party? Um, yeah, I want to leave them up. Why, why would I take them down? That's, that's nonstop entertainment. Yeah, I guess it's going, on for, I guess it's going on for this long. Yeah. Do stars on the outside of your house mean you are swingers? You are a swinger. They're referred to as Amish barn stars, barn stars, and Pennsylvania stars. And there's a lot of myth and superstition surrounding this prominent exterior decor. One of the wildest urban myths is that the metal star is a code for the homeowners identifying as swingers, which isn't true, at least not universally. So. But the thing is, is a, it's a myth. So like, even pot- though. But it- potentially we could have someone in our neighborhood or like those two want to party. Let's go. You Let's guys go should roofie you, them because the one dude's already been roofied before, so he's going to be easy. You guys should cruise the streets around you just to see if there's anybody else that have stars up. You know, we do all the time because we walk our dogs, we go on walks with our son. I can't recall, dude. Okay, you, but we you remember our, our neighborhood is weird though. Yeah, but in a good way. It's it's a very diverse neighborhood, and like. I'm just I'm I'm scanning the neighborhood of my own with my own brain right now of like all the decor. Mm-hmm. It's it's what were you gonna say? <laughs> well, do you remember last episode we were talking about like different apps for different things like day like you couldn't believe that there may be an app for like babysitters and stuff out there. <laughs> a swinger app. You think there's a swinger app out there? I know there's a swinger app. Are are you on it? Do you have it downloaded on your phone? I'm gonna be right now. I'm gonna get it right now. Oh my god! Since I have the stars already, oh I might as well gosh. have the app. Swinger app. Swinger, swingers app, yeah. I mean, it's the first thing you that comes up. You just have to find out where the, the key parties are at in your town. Three some for three fun hookup. Number one, swingers app. It has uh, five stars. Three fun, threesome and swingers. Uh, it has four and a half stars. You ought to yeah, get some, a, a you cool. ought to get some nice ads scrolling through your social media for the next couple of days now. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> Our phones are listening to us anyway, so I mean I that was gonna be I know, that just, was inevitable. You're just gonna get Wait, like a, isn't, a Christian mingle for swingers or something ads coming through your social media. Isn't Tinder technically couldn't it technically be a swingers application? I mean, yeah, I get I, Okay, so it already exists. I mean I, it, I don't it, know though. I, I don't know. I've never had Twi- or uh Tinder, of yeah, course. Yeah, me neither. I've never been on a dating app period. But isn't it just like a like a swipe left, swipe right type of thing, and it isn't like one-on-one situation. Why couldn't there be two? Why couldn't there be three? I know that's what I'm wondering. I don't know how the app's set up. Like, is it? I don't know either. It, are you just looking I'm for one person? I'm not going to get Tinder. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it is, but we're for sure going to get Tinder ads now. It. Yeah, I know. We got to stop. All right. Yeah, let's our, change our, the our wives. I don't gonna, want these. Ads our wives are going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy. Now anybody well, who listens to this show, hey, did you hear that Colton Patrick are swingers? Yeah, it's wild. They have stars on their houses and everything. So you seem. <laughs> let's talk about something else that I'm not. I'm not afraid to get ads. Uh, so you seem to. You seem to be frustrated with last night's UFC card. Is that fair to say? Uh, two things frustrate me. Actually, no, three. Okay, three things things? frustrate. Three things frustrate me, and it's all three title fights. Yeah, well. So one, the first title fight was a blatant illegal shot from a knee straight to Sterling's head. Yeah. And oh, hang on. Before we move on from that, did you hear all the stuff about like? Are they trying to blame his corner for that? Uh, well, it's at the, in the moment, yes, they seem to be blaming the corner because that's, you're a fighter. That's Yeah. That's your own, like, even if, if I was, I mean, okay, I understand that you're in the moment and think like, you're probably not thinking clearly on something like that, but still like, that's a blatant, like a guy is down on his knees and you ram your knee into the side of his head. Like that, like even if even if I were to ask my corner, hey, should I do this? And they say yes, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that easy, man. I don't think it's that black and white. You know, I think he's in the moment and maybe somewhat, but he's getting, I mean, he's getting directions from what, four different people over there. Uh, and when they played it back during the broadcast, because, you know, DC's connected to the hip with uh, Habib and mm-hmm. Habib was there and he can speak Russian. So I, I guess he heard in Russian someone say, throw the knee. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but you, know, you got four different people yelling at you. You're in a title fight. It's the fourth round. I, 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 look, was it illegal? Absolutely. Should he not have done it? Of course. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not like mad at him for it, you know? Well, I guess, I guess the the biggest thing for me is that it was a title fight. And that this happened. Well, yeah, it sucks. And, and I, you, I mean, you, I, I, but, you, you would, well, you immediately said, and I agree with you that this is the difference between MMA and boxing is that if this was boxing, the title would not have changed hands. And I have a lot more respect now for Sterling because he didn't want that belt. Like that is not the way he wanted to win the belt. And, well, and, but here's the thing is that, do you just, if that's the rules and you don't make the title change hands, Anybody could do that. Like if you're a title holder and say you're losing a fight, a championship fight, you could do something like that just to get disqualified so you don't lose the belt. You know what I'm saying? So what do you do there? You vacate the title. Okay, that's what that was my thought. And that's what would happen in boxing. Okay. The champion would still remain the champion, but they they would vacate the title. Okay. Uh, In some cases, some cases that hasn't happened, but in most cases, yes. But that's what they should have done. The title shouldn't have, that rule needs to be changed. The title shouldn't change hands. It should be vacated. And if you want to rematch that fight, you do it. I don't necessarily think you have to because I think Sterling was getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And had that fight gone on another two minutes, he probably would have been knocked out from a regular legal knee. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. he was taking sloppy, sloppy shots, which that's exactly what got him knocked out against Marlon Moraes. And the fact that his corner didn't say anything about it drives me fucking insane. And that corner seems to be notorious for that because that's Ray Longo and Matt Sarah's camp. Chris Weidman does the same thing. Uh, I can't remember who else I was thinking of that they have that does that. But like, 
they're coaching in between rounds with him. Like I get, you're supposed to keep your fighter confident, mm-hmm. but telling him to keep up the volume and tiring him out. And then they never brought up once that like, Hey, you're taking sloppy shots. You need to watch that because he's seen you do this before. And he's seen you get knocked out because of it. I just thought it was bad coaching. And again, I don't claim to know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I am talking to people in the know while these things are happening. Right. And they are agreeing with me that this is the problem. So this is coming from fighters and such and people that do coach actually. Um, so like, yeah, I just, it was, it was a weird fight. I mean, it was a good fight the first two and a half rounds, but as Sterling tired out, you can just tell Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he, you know, he does get a, he does land a takedown and he throws some sort of submission up, but you know, yeah, it, it but it's got, it's got to be kind of tough to be a coach and to have this game plan with your fighter to where your fighter is zoned in on this is what's going to work. This is what, this is what we've been trained for for the past, however long this is what's going to work. And I, I mean, I understand you have to be able to adjust and you have to be able to do things differently depending on how the other fighter is coming at you and what they're doing. But it, it just seems, I don't know. It just seems like when, if, if you're so dedicated to a certain game plan, you think it's going to work at a certain point. Like, like if, like if he, if Sterling tired him out or if, or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, this game plan that we've been working on for this long is going to work. So keep it up. So it's hard. It's yeah, hard. It's hard to plan. hard to deviate from that. So I don't know. It was an odd game plan to think that they for them to think that they were going to tire out Jan through volume. Uh, that was odd to me. I but hey, whatever. I mean, again, for the first the first round, he looked great. Sterling looked great, and it looked like he was you know he was out striking him probably two to one, three to one maybe, and. um but can, you can't do that for five rounds. If right. you can, then you're in good shape. But he clearly got tired. What frustrated you about the Nunes fight? Okay, it's not really more, not really a frustration thing. Just a what do we do now? She should have called <clears throat> out Alexander Volkanovsky. That's what she should have done. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at we're we're looking at legit nobody else in in the 145 class. There's nobody like there's nobody for her to fight. She can go. No. She can go back down and fight Shevchenko, but we're looking at somebody she's beat twice already. Now I understand that. I understand that the some people think differently, and that like the second fight was a little clo- was closer than the first one. But that's not really. But that's not really how it should go, right? Like you still lost. Like you still lost twice. Yeah, but Valentina has been a wrecking machine since that fight. So. It's the logical you, fight to make at some point. But it might you, not happen. Do next. you see that? Do you see in any division in the in men's in the in men's divisions? Do you see anything anywhere where you want to see that happen? What do you mean? In, in the same scenario, do you want? Is there any division where you where one guy is just dominating, or could you see the scenario where you see one guy is dominating, and you want to see him fight somebody else for a third time, and they've he's won twice against them already? Um, had Curtis Blades beaten Derek Lewis, I would have said do and Ganu Blades three at some point, but now I don't want to see it at all because Derek Lewis flatlined him. Yeah. Um, so that would have been, I, I mean, it would take me a minute. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, Nate Diaz, all things considered, beat the shit out of Conor McGregor, McGregor twice. 
and Connor just, you know, found a way to get it done in the second fight, you know, and not get finished. But I think if they fought a third time, I think Nate would finish him. But I want to see that fight. Yeah, but, but see, but the, but see, like when you, when somebody says trilogy fight, immediately in my head, I go to okay, well, this is a one to one. Now the third fight's going to be epic. I mean, I get it, I get it, but it's just the circumstances of who both of them are. That being Nunez and Shevchenko. Yeah, Shevchenko's been arguably just as dominant a champion as Nunez. You know, yeah. Nunez. They already said they said last night. Dana White confirmed it, that Nunez is going to go back. They're going to try to book something quick because she didn't, nothing happened Mm -hmm. other than her dominating uh, for her to defend the Bantamweight title. And they think it's going to be Juliana Pena, which is, she's, you know, she, she's, she, apparently he was, she was like blowing up everyone Mm -hmm. like Dana and the matchmakers last night because Holly Holm dropped out of their fight. So now she needs an opponent. So she thinks she's just going to get a title shot. And apparently they're like, yeah, we'll do it. Why not? Gotcha. That's, that's sometimes you, be careful what you wish for. That's so. At this point, I, I almost, I guess, I would say, okay, let's do the Shevchenko. Let's do the third fight, and if Nunez wins again, maybe she should just walk with both titles in hand. I agree. Well, Shevchenko's got to fight Jessica Andrade first, and then you. So you let that fight happen. Let Nunez defend the belt one more time against whoever, whoever. You know, Uriah Faber maybe wants to come out of retirement. Maybe they can do that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so let those things happen. And if they both win, trilogy fight. Nunez wins. If she if she wins, I'm not saying that she wins, but if she wins, then she retires with both belts. They vacate both belts, and I don't know. They might not keep the women's featherweight division because there just doesn't seem to be enough women that feel comfortable fighting at that weight. Yeah, there just isn't enough. You know. Megan Anderson does it because she's, and I, I mean, no disrespect, but she's a giant woman. Yeah, she's a lot bigger she's, than, mo- yeah. She's six foot tall, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she did not seem right. There, I know so, I do this all the time. No, I know I do this all the time. I, yeah, but, but I. you actually said it to me first I told because you I didn't first, see the video. Yeah, yeah dude. It, you sent me she, the video of her walking in. Her face she looked was like, like a zombie. white and purple walking in. Like, it, it looked yeah. like, it looked like with every step. She could puke, like it, it, that, that could have been that could have been nerves, man. I, I get it, but yeah, like, but but I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't want to say that that's what it was because no, it, she could have eaten bad fish. I don't know, like it, it, just, it could just, you know what I'm saying though. Like I, I don't, I'm not gonna sit here and try to say, oh my god, it's absolutely nerves. She was so nervous for this fight, and that's why she lost or anything like that. Yeah, well, let me say it like this: I wouldn't be surprised if something came out eventually about something being wrong wouldn't surprise me because she didn't look right i've watched this girl walk to the octagon and in the bill you know several several times she never looked like that Mm -hmm. when she was in the octagon her eyes were wide open dude now again that's the moment she's fighting the toughest the toughest woman on the planet i get it but like man it just seemed odd and i and again i i know i do this all the time you know, I'll, I'll text you or I'll text someone. I go, God, that person looks weird. Never seen them like this before. I could name so many examples, but the ones that come to mind just off the top of my head, Jose Aldo, when he fought Conor McGregor, yeah. Stipe, the first time he fought DC, didn't look right. I said it from the moment I saw him. I said, this is not the same guy. Something's not right. Something's off. 
uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, well, to be honest with you, Eddie Alvarez, when he fought Connor, didn't look, he just looked different. You know, he was very confident leading up during the press conferences, seemed like he was going back and forth. And then when he hit that crowd, you could just tell there was a wave of like, okay, this is different. Shit. What did I get myself into? Right. Uh, God, I'm thinking of another obvious one and I can't. Oh, oh, recently Gilbert Burns. Oh, he's yeah. fighting Usman. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, he looked fine, but he didn't look like the same. I, again, maybe this is just me. I, I'm no psychologist, obviously, but it just looked weird. But she, yeah, she looked, she looked weird. Yeah. She just looked weird. I, I hope she's okay. And I don't want to take anything away from what Nunes did. And I, I don't want to look, I didn't think Megan Anderson was going to win the fight. I didn't think she had a chance to be honest with you. Right. Um, one of my buddies was texting me and he was like, well, look, the only way she wins the fight is if she goes at Amanda from the jump, don't wait, surprise her from the jump, you know, Get inside on her, land a few shots, clinch with her, control her in the clinch because you're bigger, surprise her, you know, put her on her toes, make her go, oh shit, I didn't expect this, but that's clearly not what happened. And that, that didn't even seem to be what was in the game plan. So, all right. What frustrated you about the main event? It was a good fight. Yeah. The, the fight itself didn't frustrate me. I think I, I enjoy, I enjoyed the fight. I, I did. Yeah. It was a good fight. And I, you know, I've had a lot of respect for Izzy because, I mean, he's a legit. I mean, he's a legit fighter, and he's been walking through people, and he's undefeated. But now he moves up to two hundred five, which I never thought I'd see him do in the first place. And then to see him actually at two hundred five, he is a monster, dude. I did not expect that. Well, he is. He's a big fuck, but but anyways, he moves up to a weight class in a championship fight right off the bat, and he goes all five rounds with with you know, the best in that weight, or arguably the best in that weight class. So the champ, the champ. So he, 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 he pulverized the guy that went five rounds with John Jones. And some people thought one defeat defeated John Jones. Right. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. I, I don't think you're giving you enough credit. That's my point. Go okay, ahead. I gotcha. So now we're looking at, and I'm sure it's just for media attention, but you know, the, the big hype about, uh, Izzy going up to 205 was because, okay, we think we're going to see this epic fight between Izzy and John Jones at some point. Right. Now, this was right before, this was before John Jones made the leap to heavyweight, right? Like, he, he hadn't made the full decision he was going to go up to heavyweight yet when they were talking about, when, when the original back and forth happened between Izzy and John Jones. Right. So then John Jones moves up and basically says, well, we're going to have to see what happens here before you know, I, we even think about doing this kind of a, this fight. And then now Izzy goes up, but he loses, even though he went all five rounds with the champion in that division. And now John Jones goes on Twitter and says, this isn't even worth my time anymore. Calls Izzy a bitch and all this other stuff. And I'm like, dude, he went five rounds with the champ in that division. And now you're going to say it's not worth your time to have that fight. What What is worth John Jones's time? Whatever John Jones wants, that's all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the guy he who's pretends pro- the guy like who, we know what he's ever talking about. The no guy, one knows the guy who's, they, who has made the most mistakes in UFC yeah. history, but thinks that he's entitled to whatever whatever he wants, whenever he wants. 
yeah, I, I he he's a confusing he's a confusing person. Yeah, actually, he's not confusing. You're right. He's just selfish. But like, but he actually like when he. But that's the problem. That's but this is this this is the problem. This is the problem. I really really hope, and this is what I what I find frustrating. I really hope that this is the end of the champ champ thing. I'm done with it. I'm over it. You know, me and Austin were talking about that last week or whenever we we saw each other. Right. I'm done with the champ champ thing. Uh, but what do you, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but how do you not do it though? Like you make people stay in one division. Yes. You don't make them. It it just seems, it seems like the logical choice. Here's, here's what we found out with Izzy and I, I don't take anything away from him. Like you said, he went five rounds with the champ. You know, he lost the decision. Uh, obviously Jan figured out some ways to beat him and he did, you know, obviously the takedown, getting him to the ground and keeping him there won him the fight, but also he outstruck Izzy, man. He did. I was saying going in, like you can't underestimate this guy's striking just because Izzy, Izzy's a more technically sound striker. Don't underestimate his ability to land shots on Izzy, you know? Um, but what happens is because he loses this fight. Now, John Jones is the guy on the mic saying, all right, well, this isn't worth my time. You got to understand, Izzy was talking about a move up to heavyweight. God. Which isn't going to happen. And I didn't think it was going to happen. But he's doing all the things that he's following the path that was laid by Conor McGregor. And I know you hate when I do this, and I give Conor all the credit. But look, the era of the UFC that we're in right now is because of Conor McGregor. The champ champ status, fighters going up weight classes and challenging for titles, fighters talking about going up two weight classes and fighting for a title. It's all because of Conor McGregor. What we're finding out is it's not that neat anymore. But what you're saying is you're not opposed to people moving around divisions. It's just a matter of taking titles with you. If you're if you're if you're a, you know, a 170 fighter and you're going to move up to 185, and you have the title on 170, let the 170 title go and then move up to 185. Is that what you're saying? No, just I'm saying just stay at 170. So why why okay, but if you're if you're but the, yeah, if you're if gonna you're, go if you're, if you're top, gonna go vacate the title. But if you're at the yeah. top of a, of a division, say you're top five, top seven in a division for the longest time, you're just right. potentially fighting the same guys over and over again. Like it it, it stops so it stops at some point. But why? Why would you why would you want to do that? Can I can I just make a prediction? Okay. John Jones's heavyweight debut, regardless of who it is it is it is against, is going to end poorly for him. Think so? And I'll, I'll I'll yeah I do, I really do. I think it's way too late in his career. I think he's looking way beyond what could potentially happen in a fight with a bigger guy, much like Izzy did. You know, but I think Izzy did it smart. He didn't put on weight. He didn't go, uh, you know, above and beyond to sort of go, I'm a true light heavyweight. He stayed who he was. Look, he fought a good fight. I don't think we should take anything away from Izzy. I'm not, I'm not, I don't. I just want him to stay at middleweight. Just stop with all the bullshit. Stay at middleweight, clean out the division, retire a legend. What's the big deal? You know, Anderson Silva is his mentor, his, 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 his hero, right? Only fought at light heavyweight. Because they ran out of middleweight contenders to give to him. Right. He didn't choose to do it. Right. You know, he was just cleaning out the division. 
Okay, so so that's, since- that's the kind of run I want to see Izzy go on, dude. And and people may think that's boring. Whatever, man. I think it's true to what the sport is. I, it's there's nothing wrong with challenging for a second title, going up in weight, going down in weight. But at some point, you gotta you gotta cut it off and go. Okay, let's be realistic with what's going on here, right? You know, with Izzy, he's really good. He could potentially be still. Had he won last night, I think he's the biggest star in the UFC. But now that he lost, I don't think he moves down any. I don't think anything happens other than now he needs to regroup. He needs to go back to middleweight, defend the title again, and remind everyone of who he is. Stop jawing with John Jones. Don't worry about light heavyweight. Don't worry about anything other than taking care of your business. Okay, so my, 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 my question is, and I'm not saying he's in this position yet, but if you, okay, if you're fighting at 185, you're the champ, and you have beaten everybody in the top six, let's say. Okay. How do you keep how do you keep you either keep fighting the top 6 guys or they have to give you people below that? What's okay. what's so the, what? Why? How do you get how do you give somebody what's, how do you give a number 9 guy a title shot? What's a bigger story? Okay? And I'll I'll, I'll we'll just I'll I'm going to go not so random but kind of random. What's a bigger story? Okay? Hear me out. Is he Losing a light heavyweight title fight, still the middleweight champion, loses to Jan by decision, doesn't become light heavyweight champion. He's not the star we thought he was, but he's still middleweight champion. Or what's a bigger, what's a bigger, what's a, when it happens, we'll call it. Okay. So he loses this fight, but let's say he hadn't had this fight at all. He stays at middleweight. He fights the next guy. Let's say it's the winner of Whitaker Costa beats that person. He fights the, the winner of, Marvin Vittori, which I think he should fight again because that fight was really close. And a lot of people think Izzy lost the fight. He fights the winner of Vittori Till, beats that person. While this is all happening, a guy like Kevin Holland's hanging around the top seven. You know, people probably don't think he deserves a title shot just yet. What's a bigger story? Him moving, him getting the title shot, being in the, you know, top seven, top eight and winning the title. Or is he going up to light heavyweight and losing a fight that, you know, he loses, but does he really lose? Still has his title, still has his status. To me, it's a bit, I like, a, I like shock. I like a shocking world. I like upsets. I like good stories. Is he moving up and winning is a good story, but is he moving up and losing? It's not a story at all. But it is. It, th- here's why. So. Here's why though, because it was a title fight. If he, if, if, if he would have moved up and fought, you know, a number 10 guy. Okay, then and and he loses or or wins still either way not as big of a story but win or lose he went five rounds with the champion in that division. You're right, but I think he was being put in a place much like where Anderson Silva was, John Jones was, where he kind of felt pressured into doing something bigger than staying at middleweight and maybe fighting a guy that he's already beaten a second time or maybe fighting a guy that's lower in the rankings or whatever the case may be. He felt that he had to go up and do something bigger, like challenging for a second belt, because that's the thing now, right? There have been a couple of champ champs now, so everyone feels like, all right, now I'm champion. Let me think about doing this. Um, but look, I don't think John Jones should go to heavyweight. I think he should stay at light heavyweight. I thought he should have stayed, and I thought he should have fought Jan, you know? Clean, keep cleaning out the division. Do you want to be a legend or do you want to be a guy 
who constantly succumbs to the, the complacency that is given to you by everyone else. You know, he's uh, John Joe, people were saying, and this is just what people were saying, people in, in the media and MMA media that know so much, they were saying that, well, he just doesn't look motivated to light heavyweight. There's just nothing there for him. Dominic Reyes wasn't, he did, he's not getting up for, I hate when people say this, he's not getting up for the competition. Okay. That doesn't work in fighting. You're getting, we've talked about this. You're getting punched in the face. Yeah. Don't give me that bullshit. You know, it's one thing if you didn't train hard and you have an off night that happens to everyone, but don't give me this. He's not getting up for the competition bullshit. No, he fought a fight. Dominic Reyes had a good game plan and Dominic Reyes fought a good fight. Okay. John Jones gets the decision. I don't think John Jones should feel bad about that decision. Dominic Reyes didn't beat him. He hung around. Well, you don't get the belt. If you hang around, you got to beat him. And I know there's arguments about that too, but look, it's the same thing as, is those judges given Jan two 10, eight rounds last night. What is that about? Yeah, Stop that, with the 10, eight. Yeah. That was just weird. because a guy takes a guy down and holds him on the ground for three minutes. That's not a 10, eight round. Right. In boxing, if you get a 10-8 round, you beat the living shit out of someone and the fight just didn't so you know didn't happen to get stopped. Right. In MMA, when we first started watching MMA, a 10-8 round was you beat the fuck out of the guy, but he's still hanging around. And that guy did nothing to you, by the way. Right. You know? Right. It's the same thing. Uh, you know, so I think John Jones should have stayed. There's no reason. I don't know. I guess like I'm an Izzy fan, so I want him to just sort of uh, show us what you can do at middleweight. The contenders will come, man. They'll, they'll come. You know, he's still young. I, there's, I, I just I mean, don't he, see the he, need. He is still young, but it's also like the fight game isn't. You're rare if you make it years and years and years in the fight game. Okay, so he fights three more times. He wins all three. He retires twenty three and one, having never lost the middleweight title. What's wrong with that? Maybe financially that's not suitable to him. I, I guess. The, but I guess imagine what can happen in the span that it would take for him to fight three times, as far as him becoming a global superstar. Right. I don't know. It, it's just. I'm done with the champ champ thing. I'm done with it. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I, I, to be honest with you, I never really cared about it. Yeah. It was cool when Connor was doing it because it was new. It was fresh. I don't care anymore. I, 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 to be honest, I didn't care after that. I didn't care. Well, I, I'm saying this, but it's coming from a completely biased place. I didn't care when DC was moving up to fight Stipe because I'm a Stipe fan, obviously. Uh, I didn't care when TJ Dillashaw was moving down to fight Henry Cejudo. I know a lot of people thought that that was neat and it was cool. Well, clearly he had to cheat to do it. Right. You know, and oh, by the way, he got on Twitter and completely just wrecked Sterling and Jan. Oh, really? Called Sterling and called, said like, and the Oscar for best actor goes to Aljamain Sterling, and maybe Jan should learn the rules. And Sterling like responded something about him cheating. But like, ugh, why? Why? Why, dude? I, I just you haven't fought. Like, I don't know. I understand. I mean, it's, it's, I get it. It's just me, for media attention and trying to build something possibly somewhere, you know, build suspense for a fight that could happen. He wants to fight for a title. That ha yeah. could happen somewhere, but it's like, man, you still got to know your place. And it seems like the most entitled people in the UFC are the ones who have been in trouble. 
or who haven't, you know, followed the rules and things like that. And it just, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you break the rules, I don't know. I don't know if you're allowed to talk. Right. You know, I, I, well, interesting thing I've been thinking about while you've been talking is, you know, there's been the, the idea thrown out, not, not that it'll ever happen, but there's been the idea thrown out about adding more weight classes to where you can have these super fights where, you know, maybe somewhere between a 170 and a 185, you have a class and things like that. Uh, but now if I think about it the way that you think about it and how you're not a fan of it, that would be like easier to have like a champ, champ, champ. If you had those, somebody who could fight between like 170, the next, you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, that's, yeah, no, look. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I, I don't like it anymore. I never really did. Jan was the bigger dude. Yeah, Izzy's tall and he looks like he was the same size, but they were not the same size. Izzy admitted it. He's like, yeah, that guy is a big fight. I mean, he was, he was, well, you see, you see, bigger, you, stronger. Yeah. I was gonna say strength was a massive thing in that. And not, and not even the fact of the, the ground, but the shots that Izzy took. Like you could just yeah. see it in Izzy's face when he got hit and how he immediately had to adjust. And yeah, I mean, and then of course, when you get on him and then you've got DC talking on the mic saying, if you're in this position, you get on him and you don't let him move and you smother him. And I'm like, DC, really? That was your game plan for your entire fighting career. <laughs> you get people on the ground bigger, and you lay on them. <laughs> so you don't have bigger, to do <laughs> Is there a bigger dork on the mic than DC? And then the combination of him and Joe and him and no knowledge Rogan. Something was going on last night, man, because both of those guys were not on their game. Like, it, what does that mean? Just like how they were talking, and like you could even like they were both slipping up a lot in the in the middle of talking to each other, and then okay, yeah, but that's the, they think that banter is cute. Yeah, and you well, could tell John, Anik, you could tell John Anik <coughs> is fed up. Yeah, for sure. Because Rogan would he's ask like, him guys, a question, and it's like, no, like it's just he just kind of let it roll. But he's like, guys, we're not at Buffalo Wild Wings, and you guys aren't funny. This is not. What are we doing? Well, the the problem is, is that when, like, right now with COVID and everything going on, you have these empty stadiums or or the, these empty not stadiums, sorry, these empty places where they're fighting. The silence between them talking is a lot more noticeable. And I think that's a factor in why they think they have to keep banter going on and chatter going on. Because if not, it's just watching the fight. And I know that if you're an MMA fan, you, you're you there to watch the fight, not listen to Joe Rogan in D.C. But I still think it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, that might have a small part to do with it. I just think they've 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 think they've found this groove with one another. And, and they think they think that everyone else thinks it's funny. I don't think anyone else is laughing. It's not, <laughs> it's not cute. Also, if being off your game or if being on your game is knowing that there's not a women's featherweight rankings, then give me Joe Rogan's job, please. I yeah, love the paycheck that was, because I'll do a better job. That was that was odd. And then he also, like, he didn't know the dimensions of the different How does he octagons? not know that by now? That was weird. How does he not know that by now? And if you don't know that, why are you asking on air? Right. And then the, the one talking. the one that threw me off the most was uh he was doing the post fight interview with who was the interview with? Jan. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, doing, he was doing a post fight interview with Jan, and he Rogan made the comment like confidently, like, "Hey, you know, you fought at middleweight for this long, right. and then you moved up." And Jan kind of looked at him and was like, "Dude, I've no, fought I at light heavy my whole life. Like, I've never, yeah. never fought down." And Rogan just kind of like eyes bugged a little bit, and he was like, "Oh, um, okay, well, my bad. So let's move on." It's like, dude, what, what is going on with you? Yeah, it's weird because he he for a while was was considered to be this this knowledgeable dude who was so in the know and knew everyone and had all these connections to information and and uh I I, I again, if that's being on your game, then I could do his job. Hey UFC, you looking for some fresh blood that knows what the rankings are and knows how big the octagon is, then I, I can be your dude. I just want that is bizarre. I, I, I just wonder, and I'm not trying to make excuses by any means. I'm just throwing out ideas that could possibly be like, you know, he he says he's like this wealth of knowledge. It's just stuff that sticks in his head because it's something he's enjoyed for so long. But like everything that's going on in his life and moving and uh, you know, the podcast going in a little bit of a different direction and all the money and everything else, like I wonder if it, it's affecting his Are you trying to tell me that he can't figure out the dimensions of the octagon. That's not what I'm. And can't I'm figure talking out obvious shit because <laughs> I'm talking about the broad he's spectrum a of everything. Now. Yeah, he seems to be a little bit distracted. Here, here's guess the, what, dude. Here, here's, you're a professional. What about? Uh, is he still having fighters on? Pretty. Or yeah, no? he, he had is? Sanhagen okay. on this week. He had Cody Garbrandt on recently. He had Francis okay. Ngannou. Okay. Uh, somebody else. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I, I was just curious, like what, like if he's still having fighters on because just of has he got? I'm wondering if he's gotten away from having fighters on to where fight talk isn't as much as what it used to be. No, no. Well, and, he had Kevin Holland on recently. No, he's having fighters. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's just. I don't know, man. I feel. This is going to be a weird statement, but I feel like the Joe the Joe Rogan bubble has burst. So okay, like I think, I, and, I, I, and I, I, understand, I understand what you're saying with that because you made the comment to me through text last night that well, well, I, when I originally said, you know, hey, dude, Rogan's slipping, like something's going on here, and you were like, no, I don't think so. I just think that he's always been this way. We just were on the bandwagon, and we thought the podcast no, no. Was, the podcast was so cool, and that kind of made us lose sight of what he's actually doing. We were just like invested in him, and now maybe that's slowed down because of his move to Spotify and maybe not listening to the show as much, and you know maybe maybe lets you see things from the outside in a little better. I don't know. Yeah. I stand by what I said. Yeah, I think we, and we meaning like Joe Rogan. Fan. And look, let me make something clear. I'm still a Joe Rogan fan. Yeah. I do still listen to the podcast when he has someone on that I find interesting or I want to hear from. I've seen Joe Rogan live stand up. Yeah, it was, I had a great time. I think he's, he's funny. But I'm starting to buy into the idea that he lives in a bubble. And inside that bubble is a lot of cringe and gross shit. Okay. 
Okay, you're going to have to explain uh, that. I don't know what you mean by that. Inside of that bubble lives all of his comedian friends and their lifestyle. And they don't think anything else matters. They don't think anything else can be done a different way. They don't think anything else exists other than their little group. And I didn't really start thinking this way until I started hearing more people criticize him. But then I started paying attention. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's Okay, look. Here's a perfect example. And by the way, did I say Austin earlier? You did. I just let it go. I meant Dustin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dustin, if you hear this, I'm, I apologize, dude. I was in the moment. I was thinking about that the entire time. Like, what did I say? I swear to God, I've been thinking about that since I said it. I feel like a dick. I'm sorry. Dustin, my bad, dude. Anyway. But Dustin agreed with me. He was like, I'm over the champ champ shit too. Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. Here's what I never noticed before. And, and again, I think you were the same way. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but... I was so into when Joe Rogan's podcast became a new thing and I started listening to it. I think I got so sort of into the idea of him just being in a room with two other people and fuck me. If they're not talking about nothing, you know what I mean? They're talking about nothing, you know, at the time, and you got to understand something at the time I was on a talk radio show, a sports talk radio show where everything had to be formatted. Everything had to be, it, it was so uniform and it had to be, if there were so many like things we had to think about, we could and couldn't say. And like, so, okay. Hey, hang on. How, uh, before you move on, how far back are we talking here? Are we talking like before this, the Ro- Joe Rogan show? What like experience was the Joe Rogan experience? This is uh 20, 20, 2016, 2016. Okay. So, it wasn't, the, so it wasn't that far before. Because like when I when I first before it's five years ago, dude. Well, I I understand that, but he's got what almost two thousand episodes. Yeah, so I mean, this is this is. I'm just I'm what, what okay when you you say you got used to Rogan and two other people. I was wondering, okay, did you mean Jamie and an an interview or a guest, or do you mean like back when it was Rogan and uh, Brian Redband? You know what I mean? Like when it was when it first well, originally. Close, yeah, close, yeah. But I, I, but I didn't, I didn't start listening to it in the beginning. I discovered it in, around the 2015, 2016 time. Gotcha. And I think it was an MMA show. I think he had, I think he had maybe I, I don't remember. But he, it was after. You know what? To be honest with you, when I discovered his show and I discovered it through YouTube, I always knew there was a thing, but I wasn't into podcast per se mm-hmm. then i think i listened to two right uh but i think i discovered it after steep a beat for breezy over doom i think that's when i discovered it but anyway so my point was so back in that 20 so i was on the radio from 2016 to 2017 so when i discovered this idea of like you mean you can just put people in a room and they can just talk about nothing right mm-hmm. i was like this is amazing to me because I, I personally was so used to this fucking format. Dude, I would, li- and I've told you story. I think I've told stories on the podcast. Like, I would have to just kind of go, okay, sitting this one out. Because right. I can't talk about the fucking Cardinals again, guys. It's right. boring. It's June. Nothing happens in Major League Baseball in June. It's June. Right. Why are we analyzing every single thing about last night's game? It's June. Right. It's June. So like, I just like, guys, car, the Cardinals again, can we talk about anything else? Like, and we would go to talk about entertainment and uh, pop culture a little bit, but like, we, again, we had to toe the line. I remember one time we got, I don't remember what it was, but it was a racial, 
racially based discussion about something that happened to someone and the show that came on the air after us just ripped us to shreds. Really? Ripped us to shreds. And because they disagreed with everything that we said and we were uninformed and, you know, and to be honest with you, it was probably a conversation we shouldn't have been having unless we were able to say what we really wanted to say. Right. Does which that you make can't, sense? Which you can't when you're telling the line. But now can't. podcasts made it to where you kind of can. But let me ask you this. Do you think that podcasting is kind of going in that direction now a little bit because of the way thing, because of the way like YouTube is censoring a lot of stuff now, even like cuss words and stuff. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to still be known as a podcast, you've got to be on all the platforms and all that kind of stuff. I just want, I wonder if somehow we're steadily heading towards the radio format with podcasts. I don't think it's going that far. Yeah. I don't think it's going that far, but yeah, they, they're, they're, they're starting to be censorship. Now, look, I mean, if you want to listen to a podcast and hear all the curse words, don't go to YouTube, go somewhere else. YouTube does it because they just, that's a way of, of demonetizing and, and keeping money in their pockets. Right. It's gross. It's filthy. It's greed, but that's what you sign up for when you put your shit on YouTube. Right. When they make it clear. Mm-hmm. It's not like YouTube's, do, they're not getting over on you. They make it very clear. Right. doesn't mean you should like it. And believe me, I don't like it either. I don't like censorship. I think it's bullshit. I think we should be able to cuss. We should be able to say whatever we want. Speaking of that, I just, so the other night I had put the TV on while I'm in bed to just kind of fall asleep. And I see that Goonies is on the Goonies. Okay. One of my favorite movies of all time. My wife was actually watching that the other day too. Was it on Freeform? I don't remember. So Freeform, I believe is a women's channel. I didn't know that until I put this movie on. Okay. Like all the commercials were based around women and, all the advertisements were based were for women. And but anyway, which I'm not sure why the Goonies was on, but anyway, so like, <laughs> I, don't know if the, I don't know if there's any feminist movement in the Goonies, maybe I'm missing something, but like, so, uh, they censored the word adopted in this context. So in the beginning of the movie, uh, Mikey and, and, and brand are up in their bedroom and brands lifting weights and the doorbell rings and they both run, try to run to go get the door. And the bigger kid the, pushes the little kid out of the way and he calls him an adopted wuss. And his response is, I'm no adopted wuss. And they start running to the door. They censored the word adopted in that context. Is this where we are? Uh, how can that be offensive somehow? Like, but, but I guess the point is like, it's a negative connotation on being adopted. So those kids out right. there who are adopted are going to feel bad. This is that, that's insane because now say, because now even words that we would normally be able to use you you can only censor it like in depending on how it's used in the sentence but not in other ways this may this so is check this out this is insane so here's what I did I did a little research on this so if you have if you have sling I have sling sling is how I watch cable so if you have if you have sling if there a movie has been on one of the channels you have you can go back and get it Meaning if, if it's, even if it's not on currently, you can go back and watch it. So I noticed yesterday that Goonies, the Goonies was also on AMC, I believe. I turn it on, I get to that part and adopted is not censored. Okay. So it's that network choosing to what words they're going to censor, but then other networks don't have to. So it's, so it's not across the board in like. I don't really know how that works. Like, 
because I guess because they're owned by different entities. Like you would you would think it would be a like something like that would be across the board. Like, listen, this is a word that we're not we're going we're going to censor all the way across the board. I don't care what network you're on. I don't care what where you're watching this at. It's censored versus just somebody being able to do it on their own. Like, or or be, but I noticed that, but I noticed that with another word too, the word retarded. And I, here's when I noticed it: the movie The Departed. There's a scene where all the dudes, Leonardo DiCaprio, and all the goons, the guys are in a bar and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is writing something on an envelope. And one of the guys looks at him. He goes, that's not how you spell it. Are you, are you retarded? Are you fucking retarded? You freak call him retarded. Um, which that word, I understand it offends people. It's been, it's, this has been an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I noticed, so that movie was on, I want to say, I don't remember the network. It was censored. And then I remember seeing it again on another cable network and it was not censored. So I, I yeah, I guess it's like they can do, they can, <sighs> that's weird to me, man. I just thought the adopted thing was so bizarre. I was like, God, we can't, but I guess in the context of how it was written into the script or in the screenplay, like it was meant to be an insult. Right. If you're adopted. Right. And that that's, I don't know if anyone does that anymore, but when I was a kid, you know, Oh, you're adopted. Like it was kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, right. I guess it yeah. wasn't like, Oh, ruin my day. But now you we're know, in, ruin, now we're in ruin this, my day. Now, now we're in like, this <laughs> offensive culture where it's like, okay, if you're a kid and you hear the word adopted in a negative way, it's a trigger. Now it's like, Oh, uh, mom, it, d- I'm adopted. Is that a bad thing? Should should I not, should I look at it this way? Because you know, it, Yes, honey, you I, are different. I understand the underlying message that they're trying to do by sensory. I get it. But you also have to, we also got to stop raising kids who are offended offended by everything and stop being offended by everything on our own. It's just, luck, that's dude. ridiculous. Good luck. I know. I know. Good luck. Well, were you, were you, aff- let me ask you this. Were you offended at all that, The person who is a judge on The Voice thinks there are no bands anymore. You know, you sent me this, and I'm curious by what it means. Like, how? how I don't think it means anything. I think he was just talking, and he didn't realize what he was saying. And I think it. Well, he's how, like, I don't see that there are bands anymore. Are there bands anymore? I, again, talk about a bubble. Um, but also, when you advocate and work for a show that gives people a music career via a game show, maybe you don't know there are bands out there because you live in a <laughs> weird, stupid bubble where we're just handing out music careers to people who go on a game show. I don't know. There's got to be something behind it, though. Why, what did he mean by that? That's a, that's a, that's an odd statement. Is it, though, for him? From him, is it that odd for him to say that? It, like, if Dave, but, Grohl, if Dave Grohl had said that, then I'd be concerned. You know? But Dave Grohl's never going to say that because Dave Grohl listens to music. You know what I mean? Like he wants to know who the who the cool band out there is. Like you know what I mean? But for Adam Levine, and I apologize to all the Maroon Five fans out there. So but for to so, me, so it's not a derogatory statement. Like he's not trying to. Well, I think he was. I see, think he was trying to be. So this is what I don't understand. What? How? How is that derogatory? There are not any bands out there anymore. What does that mean? Is he bad mouthing 
actual band somehow with that statement? I think what he was trying to say, but he couldn't quite articulate it. And it's, it's that there are no bands in pop culture anymore. There are no bands in the mainstream bands being like rock bands there. They're, you know, to an extent that is true. Rock doesn't rule the mainstream like it used to. Okay. Finn McKenzie just did a video on this about rock of love. And like, it was about rock of love, but at the beginning of it, he talked about the last era or period when rock was in the mainstream is when there were those rock based reality shows like rock of love, the Osbournes. Uh, there was another one. I can't quite remember. Uh, that's what he was trying to say, but he didn't. I also just, I think that guy's kind of a dummy. I don't know if he has anything <laughs> interesting to say, to be honest, I'm being funny and insulting, but for real, I don't think he has anything interesting <laughs> to say. So I think he was trying and it just didn't. And you know, whoever he was saying that to whatever publication that was that I, who, who, who do you remember who it was? No, I don't. I know Loudwire posted it, but yeah, I don't know that's... who he, I don't know who he was talking to. He wasn't talking to Loudwire. That's for sure. Um, but I think, you, you know, the person who he said it to was like, Oh, I can't wait. Right. To post this. I right. can't wait. Yeah. Um, speaking of, so when I, when I, when he, when he said that, I was like, okay, let me see what the comments are. And there were a bunch of bands like, Hey, fuck face. And like, like, there are plenty of bands out there. Haley from Paramore even said something. I think she said something along the line, tweeted something along the lines of, Oh man, Adam Levine forgot who Paramore was or something like that. Cause I guess, you know, Paramore is still banned and they're still doing stuff. Um, but yeah, a bunch of bands. Took, I, took I'm, offense. I'm just having uh, I'm having a problem understanding the derog like how it's a derogatory. Well, look, if you're a band who's working hard and you're doing stuff for this guy, for this again, the guy who works for a game show that gives people music careers and isn't a band like Maroon Five, you're gonna go uh, no, man. There are plenty of bands out there. We're out there. We're doing it. We're 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 grinding. Don't keep my name out your mouth. You know what I mean? Like I okay. But I, I'm not in, I'm not insulted by it. I just like I said, I think he's a goon. I think he I don't think he I think he's a dummy. Okay. <laughs> but he but I don't but look, I don't think that guy is going out and trying to discover bands or discover new music. Right. You know? Obviously when you hear that, you go, This guy's dumb. There are plenty of bands. What is he talking about? Right. I just bought the new A Day to Remember record yesterday. There are plenty of bands. You know what I mean? Or Friday. I bought it Friday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I get why people, I get why people would be upset by that because again, it's this, this, this sort of entitled, let's be honest, millionaire sort of lives in a bubble, right? It's in that bubble, uh, saying things like that. I, I can understand what they would, it's the same thing when bands took offense to what Machine Gun Kelly said, you know, oh, by the way, did I send it to you that Corey Taylor said something about that? Uh-uh. Oh God, I'll have to do it. I, I don't want to try to find it now, but yeah, Corey Taylor said something about MGK. And when he said that about, you know, guys wearing comfortable shoes on stage and shit, uh -huh. um, which by the way, he's still not wrong. He's still not wrong, but we have to kind of, that. but like, so my point, what I was trying to remember was, so, okay. When he, when I saw that Adam Levine said this and then I thought in my head, like, well, dude, you work for a fucking reality show that gives people music careers. It's like a, as a prize, it's not a prize. You got to work for it. So it had me thinking about music based 
reality shows. Okay. Okay. Rock based. Did you do you do you recall ever watching a reality show called Bands on the Run? I don't think so. Dude, it came out, it's been years. I think it came out in like 2000, but it was on VH1. Four bands go across the country. They play pop-up shows at venues. They have challenges, but basically the challenge is who can sell the most tickets and the most merch to each show in each city. Okay. Okay. Four different kinds of bands. There was a butt rock band. There was a, and of course there had to be an all girl band. Um, there was a, don't give me that look. You know exactly what I'm saying without <laughs> me saying it. Um, there was a kind of like a punkish, I don't know, punkish alternative band. And I don't remember what the other band was. It was like a, it was like a dude and he had like a band around him. Like there were like horns and shit. So anyway, I watched this show. I, I when this show came out, I lived for this fucking show. You gotta, you gotta understand when this show came out, I was 17. I don't remember. So how old was I? I don't know. 21 years math ago. What was hard. that? Math, math is hard. So I'm a young musician trying to make it in the music, not even trying at that point, just playing music, right? Live it, just trying to live the lifestyle, bruh. Just be cool, you know? I'm just trying to be cool. So, like, this show comes out, and I'm like, oh, my God. I got to watch this. Dude, the amount of gross – and, like, I'm replaying it in my head, and I got to get on YouTube later and see if I can find some episodes, but the amount of gross shit that happened. And by gross, I mean, like, competition between the bands it was astonishing dude it was i remember so so basically you could tell well into like two two three episodes in you could tell all right you know because this they're going to give these guys fifty thousand dollars in cash they're going to give them new gear they're going to give them i think they get to record a record and ultimately look let's be honest the winner of a reality show on vh1 is likely going to get a record contract right yeah, right i don't remember if it was in the prizes or not but you could tell that it, it was between these two bands. It was this, the butt rock band. They were called flicker stick. And then <laughs> the fact that you remember, I'm surprised that you don't know insane. who flicker stick is. No. And then the other band was, Oh God, but it was like the punkish alt rock band. God, what were they called? Super uh, something. I can't remember. So you could tell it was between these two bands, right? You could tell, you could just tell that one of these two bands is going to win. You know, the girls tried really hard, but I think, it, the, you know what, what the best thing about it was, is it was the all girl band that gave the less shit about everything. They're like, we just want to play for a rock. <laughs> you know, we just want to rock and get shit faced and like, fuck dudes. Like, it was awesome. I'm going to find out who that band is. I want to see if they're still around. So like, um, you could tell it was between these two bands and the, and once those two bands started realizing, oh, they're our biggest competition, they treated each other like shit. Really? And so it got me thinking like, oh, wait, I've played battles before. Were we nice to everyone? Was everyone nice to us? Is it good for there to be competition in music? And the answer is no. No, it's not. It's never good. But I remember the last, I think it was the last episode. Maybe they're in like New Orleans. I don't remember the city, but they're playing this show. It's been a long show. It's been a long tour. Everyone's drained. They're emotional. And the alt, the alt punk band or whatever is on stage playing and one of the dudes in the butt rock band gets a little, he has a little few too many drinks and he goes to the middle of the floor and he's screaming out stuff like you don't rock as good as i do motherfuckers you're not as good as that like he was like 
doing this on the show, middle of the crowd, right? Oh, by the way, that band still has to play, right? And I just remember in the moment being like, oh God, I don't want to be that guy ever. Am I going to be that guy? That's terrible. (laughs) And then, so that band gets on stage and they're all crying. What? Because it's just been that emotional, bro. It's just been, it's just been that tough. I just remember thinking like, yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. That guy, those guys are bitches. That band won. Flicker Stick. They won the show. And they were around for quite some time. I'm really surprised you don't know who that is. I don't think I even know uh, that name at all. Um, But yeah, so I just remember in the moment being like, man, reality shows for rock aren't good. And competition is even worse. It's fun to watch. It's fun and, to watch. And do you, st- okay. But, so do, do you still feel that way? And the reason why I ask that is because you've been, like you said a while ago, you've been through competitions, you know, like, uh, done like battle of the bands. I, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's cool if you want to do it and like to play a show and get people out and, and potentially, potentially gain new fans. But the competition uh, there is really just a matter of who can sell like the, the you know baseline of it is who can sell the most tickets who can get the most people on the door yeah i don't know the criteria for the judging was odd always but yeah i don't know man look i've played some battles i've won some battles and i've lost some battles i do know when i won people sure did fucking hate me for it (laughs) a lot of people did i was like i don't know what you wanted me to do was i supposed to come here and do a bad job and by the way i'm not doing a job i'm just fucking having fun I don't, I don't, what did you, so what you, you said, it was almost like people lot, resented you for bringing a lot of people to a show with oh for real. And I know we've had this conversation before and you're still mesmerized by it, but it's, like, no, it's, by not, the idea, it, like, it's not that I'm mesmerized. It's, it's a, it, because you can look at it from both ways. Like if you're in a competition with somebody, it, it's a, it's a win, win situation kind of, because even if you don't win, you're right. still getting other bands' fans to watch you play. That is the way you should think. Yeah. However, a lot of bands do not. But that's, that's, that's just a jealousy weird. thing, though, right? It's got to be because they didn't bring as many it's fans. Easy to call that jealousy, but you know, I think it. I think it. I think it has the potential to go a little bit deeper than that. Um, I, it's tough, man. It's tough. But there, there are but. There are ways to tactfully try to win. Okay, let me let me let me think about how I'm going to say this. I, I, <laughs> thought, I thought, Let me think about this. So there are ways to tactfully win a competition, but still appreciate and show appreciation to everything else that is happening around you and everyone else around you. Okay. Okay. There are ways to do that. Before I before I finish that point, let me before I forget. So I want to tell you a story. So. Uh, one of the bands I was in, we did a battle and it was, and uh, to be honest with you, it was so long and it was so, so it was so time consuming. And the result was so disappointing that I think it broke us up. <laughs> That's always been my theory. But so <laughs> one of the bands I was in, we did this battle to, uh, it was for the, it was the, it was called the battle to play uproar. Uproar was a, fe- a traveling festival that happened for a few years. Right. A lot of big bands. Um, you know, I think the year that we we played it in St. Louis, I think, you know, Corn might have been the headliner, Papa Roach, Stain, like all these bands. Yeah, that was Not actually, that was actually, wasn't that the year that uh, Papa Roach bailed after that 
show because he messed up his vocal cords. He had to get surgery on his vocal cords. I was correct. I was so impressed by that because he barely sang a note that entire show. Like the crowd did most all of it, and he still had everybody so into that show. Oh yeah, we've had this conversation before, and yeah. I was mad at you because you didn't know that my band was there. What a L- good friend. Listen, things anyway, happen. Things happen. Um, <laughs> I didn't even um, know you then. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so we did. Th- so we did this battle. Okay, so the only reason we found out about the battle. Because we never, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, we had done uh, hometown battles before. They were really cool. We got to do a lot of cool shit, but many, many people hated us for it. There was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of really bad things that happened. And I don't know how much of this I, I, I can say, so I'll, I'll skip that. I think you know what I'm talking about. So we had sort of given up on the idea that we're going to do any sort of like national battle. Okay. Because they existed there. They, they still do. You know, songwriting battles, you know, whatever battles to play tours and battles to get on tours. And the only reason we found out about it is a band that we had gone out of town and played with a couple of times that we had become friends with. And they were a really good band that we were really like looked up, looked up to them because they were doing big shit, man. We would always I remember we would always go. We go, God damn, like they're when they would post on Facebook, you know, it would get like thousands and thousands of likes and, and the views and we would go, they only have like 200 more followers than we do. Like, how are they just astronomically kicking our ass when it comes to like content and like people noticing it? So we really looked up to them and we, we became friends with them and we, we, we kind of, they kind of became like, uh, don't forgive me for sounding corny, but are like coaches in a way Mm -hmm. like mentors. Right. And so they did a bet. They did this battle the year before and they won it. And they were telling us about how fucking cool it was and what they got to do. And I looked at everybody and I was like, guys, that's exactly what, I don't know. I don't want to speak for everyone right now, but that's exactly what I want to do. And I think that's what we all want to do. Right. Why don't we just give it a shot? So we did. And so the first part of it is put up a video of one of your songs and get people to vote on you to play your city. Right. Uh, and I know in, in the in the competition that we were in to play our, St. Louis, there were a lot of good bands, bands you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we were relentless with posting, getting people to vote, relentless. To the point where I think people were like, I'm fucking over it. When is this fucking show going to happen? When, I'm done. Stop sending me links. Stop making me do like. I think people were finally fed up, but we were relentless, man. Relentless. Um, I think there are days when that's all I did. I don't even know if I ate. I'll be honest, dude. Because they 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 sold it so well to me. And again, I, I'll be okay. I don't know if everyone else looked up to these guys, but I really did. I thought they were awesome. I thought their band was awesome. I, they partied. They had fun. It just everything about them. I just thought was what I so, what I was ex- aspiring to do. So, what about this made you relentless? Like, did you think that this winning this is going to like shoot us into the atmosphere as far as our careers go? Or well, was this, or so just let me tell you what happens if you win? Okay, right? okay. So we were relentless on people getting us to be to vote us to be the band that played St. Louis. We end up winning that part of the competition. We play St. Louis. We we open up. They had two stages, two like side stages, right? Where you know we're at some Where's of the bands. That? You were there. Oh, you're talking about uproar. Oh, sorry. Okay. I thought I thought I was thinking there was a competition leading up to you guys playing uproar. I got it. Okay. Never mind. Go ahead. The competition was strictly online. Okay. There was I gotcha. no like playing. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. 
Okay, so <clears throat> my asshole's cringing thinking about all this shit, dude. Anyway, so like, uh, 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 so we we play we play uproar. We open one of the side stages, and then the band that we looked up to actually played after us on the other stage because they won the previous year's battle. So one of the prizes for winning the the battle would winning the entire battle is to play the full tour the following year. So they were on the tour. Gotcha. They're on the tour. Gotcha. Playing every day, every city with bands like Papa Roach, with bands like Corn, with you know. So that was what we wanted. That was my main goal. That was my main. So we win St. Louis. We play St. Louis. We have a good show. Right. Now at the time, because we know that band, they've been telling people in charge who we are. They've been telling people, hey, this band's really good. You need to go listen to their shit. Come see them play today. Da, 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 da. Right? So after we play, they pull myself. Actually, before we play, they pull myself and one of the other members to do an interview that's going to go on Uproar TV. Okay? Who we are, what, you know, what city we're from, what did we like most about the competition, so on and so forth. I get off stage. We had a good show, man. It, we did well. I mean, we fucking, it was a good show. I get off stage. I'm all sweaty. I'm uh, dehydrated. I'm ready to just go chill. That guy who interviewed us grabs me and goes, hey, will you come back here and tell us about the show? And I'm thinking like, oh, God. Okay. I was like, can, I, can you give me like 10 minutes to like not look like I just got out <laughs> of a swimming pool? Right. Because this is a summer festival, dude. Yeah. I mean, like it might have been fall-ish, but like, yeah, so... Oh, he's like, yeah, yeah. I'll come get you in like 10, 15 minutes. He's like, okay, great. So I go to the person who did the first interview with me and I go, Hey, do you want to go back? He's like, I'm not going back. He's like, that first situation was odd and awkward. I don't want to go back. I'm like, Oh, you want me to go by myself? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, do you care what I say? He goes, no, do you do your thing? I'm like, okay. So now I, I change shirts. I have some water. I have a towel. I dry off. I put sunglasses on. I crack open a beer. You know, this guy comes back and gets me. So I go in front of the camera and I go, oh, I, you know, I didn't have shades on for the first interview. Should I take these off? I swear to God, this is what I said. Swear to God. In my brain, I'm thinking like, it's kind of douchey if, if you're going to play. And I, and I said, I go, is this for the same thing? He goes, yeah, yeah. You know, two things. And I go, oh, I go, well, I didn't have sunglasses on for the first interview. Should I take these off? He goes, no, nah, dude, it's rock and roll. I swear to God, that's what he said to me. Yuck. We're outside. I'm not inside. Let me just make this clear I too. I don't uh-huh. I'm not Vin Dieseling it. So he goes, no, man, that's rock and roll. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Like that, I think that's how I responded. Like, uh, okay. So like he interviews me and I, th- I feel like it goes well. You know, I don't, I don't. And I go, was that good? He goes, oh, dude, that was awesome. He goes, he goes, how long have you got? So he starts just chatting me up. Right. Mm-hmm. Come to find out that this guy is doing all of the, the media and promotion for the tour. He's the guy. He's the one interviewing me. And he, and he, he goes, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to say the band's name, but such and such band told us about you. We really like you guys. This is what he said to me. I swear to fucking Christ. He goes, I think you got the whole competition in the bag. And I go, why would you say that to me right now? Why? You've given me so much to think about because, oh, by the way, the rest of the competition lasts another four months. Jesus. Four months of us posting, four months of us having family members and friends post. Um, but it doesn't end there. 
but okay, it but, doesn't but, end there. but before you move on, was there anything like did that just overwhelm you with confidence by him no. saying that no, or no, no. or did you have it in the back of your head that is there a possibility that he's told other bands the same thing or he's done this exactly. also? No. You're starting to you're starting to catch on how my brain works. Okay. Absolutely. I, I okay. was like, he's probably saying this. He has probably said this to a couple of bands, right? Yeah. Gotta be. But because I find out who he is, right? Mm-hmm. I go, I go, hey man, is it cool if I uh is it cool if I send you a message on I think it was Facebook? I was like, I want to send you. I think at the time we had just released me. I was like, I want to send you our new EP. If, if, if you want to hear it, you know, he goes, yeah, I send it. So the day goes on, we're all drinking. We're having a good time. It's been a good day. We, we, even if we don't win the whole thing, we had a good day. Day goes on. There's a backstage party that we get to go to. Okay. Mm-hmm. While I'm walking to the, and you got to walk through all the people, through all everyone. While I'm walking through the sea of people to get to the backstage party, just go sit down, have some food, chill out. I'm with a couple of people and there's a guy walking by. And one of the people walking to my right is talking to the guy. And I know who the guy is, but I don't want to say hello because I'm weird like that. But it's one of the guys in charge of the entire tour who, oh, by the way, is from St. Louis originally. Okay. Okay. Now, ambitious me should probably walk up to the guy and introduce myself. Right. But I don't like, like, I got spooked. <laughs> so like, but the person who's talking to him, he goes, Oh, by the way, have you met Patrick from such and such band? And he goes, no, no, no. Oh, you're in such and such band. And I go, Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, my name's Patrick. Nice to meet you. He goes, dude, been hearing great things. Great things. That's what he said to me. This is one of the guys in charge of the entire tour. <laughs> I'm not making this up, man. I swear to God. And even if I were making it up, I'd be a giant douchebag. Because at the end of the day, we didn't fucking win. A band, a band that I swear to Christ never posted about it. Ever won. Wow. I'm never going to forget when they announced who the winner. I fucking swear to God. I was like, who? I swear to God, I said, who? I didn't even know they existed. So like... But so he says that to me and I'm like, fuck me, man. Like how many people are going to do this to me today? So I go backstage and you're after that point, I'm like, I kind of have some confidence. I'm kind of feeling good, kind of feeling good. So I start having a few more drinks backstage. I'm meeting people, uh, guys and bands, you know, at this point I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to meet who everyone. Cause I think I'm going to be on this fucking tour next week, bro. <laughs> so like, I'm having a good time and, so then for the next four fucking months, man, we were relentless in posting about it. And, and, and dude, when they announced the, the winner of that fucking competition, I was like, holy shit. And I remember thinking, my band's going to break up. I think, I think we're going to break up because of this. Like, I just remember, dude, the empty feeling that I, it, it, if it had been anyone else that I guess perhaps that we knew was as relentless, because you can see when the other bands are posting, you can see how many views they're getting on the uproar site Like you can see all of this. It can all be tracked by everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think it, if it even been one of the other bands that we felt was like getting solid attention nationally, we would have been like, okay, that makes fucking sense. And we even thought it, we honestly, like we would have conversations, you know, at, at rehearsals and shit. Like this, there was this band that was fronted by a girl and they were really fucking good. Really good. Um, I was like, guys, I think it's going to be them. Like I, it's, you know, 
because their video, their their they were video like they would post videos or their their uproar. And this is where it gets funny. This is where it gets interesting. And this was going to be my whole point of this. I'm glad I got back here. Otherwise, <laughs> but their their uproar their uproar video would get like ten thousand views every day, and we're just like, holy fuck! How are they getting? Now that doesn't seem like a lot now in the grand scheme of things, but at the time, right? That was astronomical at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and ours was getting like 2,500, 3,000. One day we got 5,000. We were like, holy shit. So I'm thinking like, okay, it's going to be them. And then again, they announced one, we're like, holy shit. And I remember just having this empty feeling in my stomach. And then you start going, well, where, where did it go wrong? And why did so many people tell us that everything we were doing was, was good. And we were doing, you know, so you start thinking about where it goes wrong. So I, I start beating myself up. Because I'm, I'm like, was it our video? Like, was I a douchebag? And I, I, dude, I watch it over and over and over. Like, did I say something wrong? Like, what did I do? And I know, like, when I and I even started asking people, people you know, like, when I was backstage, did I make a fool of myself? Like, did I piss someone? Like, no, dude, you were awesome. Like, we had a fucking great time. Like, what the fuck? So, like, here's what I find out. Here's what I see, and I didn't know it. For the entire four months, I'm posting this video of myself talking to them about how much I appreciate being just getting to be there. This was this was my approach. Just happy to be here, right? No no cockiness, no confidence. Just happy to be here. We want to thank everyone so much. We really look forward to playing next year. We're excited. We hope whatever. Hope we made new fans. And then I remember talking about like, you know, one and, and holy shit, we did learn this, but one of the things we've learned during this process is how important it is to be, have a good online presence. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Right. Have a good online, online presence and, uh, you know, really be able to connect to people that way. Right. One of the other guys, he was the, the talent. Do you know who Jose Mangan is? That, that, He's on Sirius Octane radio. I think I've He's seen, I've seen the name. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yesterday I seen it. <laughs> so he was a part of this whole thing. He was, and this is how he presented himself on. So he and one of the other guys did videos about the battle. Sort of like to kind of let people know, like, here's what you need to expect from the bands. Here's what the bands should be expecting. But he introduced himself as the rock dude. So not the industry, not the industry guy, the rock dude. So he, in his video, I swear to God, this is what he said. He goes, these days, bands think it's so important to be on on Facebook and on Twitter and getting a bunch of views and clicks, but it means more to get on the stage and actually rock out and have people follow you that way. And he goes, what do you think's more? I swear to God, I remember everything he said. He goes, what do you think's more important? A tweet, a Facebook post, or playing a kick-ass show? And I just remember watching that going, he's talking about me. He's fucking talking about me. So you go you like, go on this interview trying to I be hum- trying to be humble and yeah. trying to be, you know, and just, you know, showing what you think you learned throughout this whole process. And now this guy this guy who's a just huge I mean backfired. A, yeah, just <laughs> put it, it out there as backfired. everything that you said is terrible. <laughs> 
backfired, bro. <laughs> and I, I, I remember I started blaming. I was like, oh my God, he's talking about me. And he might not have been, but holy shit, you basically just said what I said in my right. video yeah. <laughs> about how stupid it is. And I, I was like, hey, motherfucker, we rocked. Where were you? Right. Why weren't you in St. Louis? <sighs> and then one of the things that they did, and, and believe me, I've, dude, I've overanalyzed it so much in the moment, but like, for our video, they put live footage of our show at Uproar, right? Like I said, we had a good show. So the footage that they put in there, one of the clips is me on the barricade in the crowd, getting them <laughs> to like sing back at me. And I remember thinking like, listen, dude, I, I think I rock. What the fuck happened? Yeah. But I, I, I started blaming myself. It was so funny. I was like, holy shit, he's talking to me. Why did I have, I, I just, like, dude, I just had this. Again, I just like curled up into a, a ball, like a, a, a shell. And I was just like, oh my God, I ruined this for everyone. But ultimately, it, we just weren't, it just wasn't meant to be. It's just. Well, it, it, the I, band that won, all things considered, the band that won was really good. Yeah. It's just, they they did not get, they didn't get submerged in the, in the fucking competition, which maybe was a good thing. Right. I, I don't know. Apparently to Jose Mangan it was. Or yeah, I was gonna say, or maybe he maybe he was doing that on purpose because this band didn't do that. And he was that that was his way of promoting that band for something they didn't do. Like he's basically saying this this band won because they didn't do all the likes and the shares thing. They they got on stage and they rocked out. Let me just make something clear. No, they didn't. (laughs) No, they didn't. Good band. Sound great. But on stage, really hard to watch. They never moved. They never, there was no interaction with the crowd. No, they didn't. But hey, what do I know? God, fuck it. Sorry, that was a really long story. My, but my no. point, my, I, I guess my entire point about it was the competition, it can, it can be good, but you have to be tactful in your approach. And look, I'm going to stand by the humble, the humble approach that I took. And I, and I still think today it still means that's uh, for me, you can be tactful about promoting yourself and, 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 and having this attitude, like we want to win, but don't forget about everyone else around you. Right. I think fairly recently I've, I've sent you some stuff about some people and I'm like, Hey man, what's this about? The fuck is this about? Tell me Colt, what is this about? Why is this band like this? I just, I just think that there's... And you always take their side and you think I'm a hater. Well, that's because you are. <laughs> not even close. No, I'm not taking the side of any, anybody. I just... To tread lightly on the conversation and not get too deep into it, it's just a matter of there's, there's things that you see and whether things are happening subconsciously or not, people are just trying to get their names out there a little more by overshadow like in in very small ways overshadowing other people that they're connected with does that make sense is that about yeah, it's right douchey. is that about right well i think you're being kind i am i don't think you i don't i, am. I don't think you're saying what really needs to be said yeah which is cut the shit yeah you're not more important than anyone else and believe me i get like i've said this many times to you i don't know about on the podcast i understand that there are some people who have there's a stigma attached to myself in this city and being in bands. And there are some people that don't just don't like me. Um, and I'm not saying I, I, I don't know. Let me just say this. 
if it, I, it's never anything that I did intentionally and it's never anything, it was, it can't come from a situation where I thought I was better than anyone. Cause I really don't, I'm not in competition with anyone. Yeah. I play battles, which again, they, they can ruin you. I think I just made that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. What can you do? People don't like you. You know, I've said it many times. There are people that think I'm a shithead. I, I, I'm sorry. If it's because of my antisocial anxiety thing, I do apologize. I was not trying to be a dick. I know I said that. Well, but I, I think I think the biggest thing that you understand too is that you, I think you think a lot differently than a lot of people. Well, in St. Louis, and whether depending on the situation, whether that's right or wrong, is here nor there. It's just a matter of like how you look at situations I've noticed is a lot different than, and I do too. A lot of times me and you look at situations completely different. You'll text me Most. something and I'm like, what really? But there's a lot of times too, where like it makes me take a step back and think about how I've thought about this and try to see it from your side too. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. It makes sense. It's just, you're a little more cutthroat than I am about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, but I often ask myself and I ask others, like, do I care too much about am I? I'm, I'm overthinking this, right? Most of the time they say, yeah, probably sometimes. No, 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 I'm with you. It's bullshit. Yeah. Like something I sent you the other day. Yeah. You know why I felt like I wasn't overthinking it? Because my wife said something and she's usually oh, the really? first one to call me a hater and tell me to just shut up. Really? She even said, that's a little bit weird, huh? I yeah. Yo, it is. I thought I was, that was just me. She goes, no, nah, that's, that's weird. Anyway. I'm still thinking back to when that dude was like, that dude was like, nah, it's rock and roll. <laughs> Fucking. Did I, have I told you my Aaron Lewis story? Someone's told you it, right? I don't think so. Are you serious? I, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anything with you All and right. Aaron, Aaron Lewis. Let's, let's, let's end the, let's end the show with Aaron Lewis declaring that he doesn't like me. In some sort of a way. So at Uproar, I am backstage, several drinks in a long day that I'm going to get tattooed. So Robbie, who you know from Ink Spot, was there and we start talking and he, he goes, Hey, man, I've never tattooed. I've never given you, you've never, I've never tattooed you before. I was like, Hey, you want to do it right now? He's like, Yeah, let's do it. What do you want to do? Now, I'm just thinking top of my head, I don't have any ideas. I was like, why don't I put my dog's names right here on my chest? Love my dogs. They're my kid. They were at the time. Hang on, where is this at? Kid. Backstage at Uproar. He just has his guns they and everything with him? They were there tattooing. Oh, was there okay. tattooing. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. So I go, I was just, you know, simple writing my dog's names right here, right? Simple tattoo. No big deal. Won't take long. So I take my shirt off. I, I sit down. And he starts tattooing me. A mutual friend of ours walks up and he goes, hey, Pat, have you met Aaron Lewis? Or no, he didn't even say Aaron Lewis. He said, Pat, have you met Aaron? Aaron, have you met Pat? I go, oh, geez, it's Aaron Lewis. And I go, no, hey, hey, Aaron, my name's Patrick. Nice to meet you. He goes, hey, yeah, what are you, what are you getting tattooed? I go, oh, I'm getting my dog's name on my chest. My dog's names, plural, on my chest. He goes, cool. And he just walks away. Swear to God. <laughs> And Aaron Lewis is out of my life forever. <laughs> Fucking shrugs his shoulders, raises his eyebrow, and kind of goes, cool, dude. And then just leaves. 
And I looked at my, I looked at the dude who brought him on. I was like, well, that was awkward. He goes, I don't think he likes you, dude. I was like, <laughs> okay, what did I do? Cool. But between that and your story about uh, Sonny from POD seeing you in the bathroom after you've been roofied. Yeah. Sonny one's worse because I, 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 I like Sonny. I look, I, I like, yeah, I don't care about anyone else, but. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, anyway. we turned we turned uh, what I didn't think was going to be much of a conversation into an hour and a half. So I think we did pretty well. Cool. Let's call it. Yeah. It's beautiful outside. I'm going to go day drink. I think. Nice. Never a good idea, but it's not. But it's fun. It's fun. God, it's fun, especially when it's 65 and sunny. Absolutely. I probably won't drink. I'll probably sit here and do nothing. Either way. <laughs> All right, we are out.